Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Don't look down. It's a long road full of doubt. But right here and right now I'll be solid ground. That's the message. Hope's alive. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. As uh, was mentioned at the tail end of our top of the hour update, this month of November is Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. And we're going to be talking with a number of guests on our program today, talking about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and talking about Purple Stride, New Jersey which is uh, coming up a week from today. We have a lot of guests who are joining us on our program. We like busy shows. Uh, this also is one of those days in uh, New York City that those of us who are around um, on Marathon Sunday kind of get caught up in some of the energy of the day. Now, I was actually here for that wacky time change when the time went back an hour. So I've had actually an extra couple of hours here. Uh, this Sunday morning. And yes, those clocks did go back an hour. We're after six in the morning, in case you by any chance forgot to put your clocks back. They went back. Remember, we fall back. And joining us in the first portion of our program, um, we're going to get into a couple of interesting areas. Now, we started the show with this message of Hope's Alive that was brought to us in lyrical fashion by a very shy and retiring individual. She is an entertainer. She has become known as an influencer of hope for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Erin Willett is uh, joining us by phone on our program. Erin, it's nice to talk with you again. Good morning. How are you, Bob? How are you? I'm doing well. See, I almost was going to make you have to perform that live for us. Well, I did get an extra hour of sleep, so that did help a little bit. <laughs> and um, we're also joined and by a guest who's actually in studio uh, with us. Franco Jurisic is um, in studio and is going to share some thoughts as well. In the course of our discussion, we'll have other guests who are joining us. Um, you know, when we talked last year about the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, about 
pancreatic cancer awareness and talked about Purple Stride in New Jersey. We had quite a lively discussion. And Aaron, I want to start with you on this discussion because pancreatic cancer um, unfortunately took your father's life back in 2011. Um, I guess a little bit of background for those who may not have heard us talk last year. What did you, what did your family know about pancreatic cancer at the time he was diagnosed? Oh, well, I didn't really know many people at all with cancer itself. Um, I was 22 years old when my dad was diagnosed. It was uh, August of 2011, and it all happened really fast. He actually passed away in December of 2011. Um, So if you can imagine, there's not really much time to get to know a disease when all you're really trying to do is just take every moment that you can because my story and my family's story is not uh, not an individual story. Like there are so many people that this happens to, you know, you can, you hear about people going, I've been going to many purple stride events for many years. Uh, today I'm actually in Boston going to the purple stride event this morning and Yesterday I was in Philly, and it's unbelievable how fast this disease can take a life. And unfortunately, that's why we're advocating, because it happens so fast. Um, because usually by the time it's found, it's, it's too late, and it is terminal. And, um, you know, that's why my story, I, you know, I, I want to make the point that losing my father in four months is not something that is is different that that happens throughout you know he, hearing multiple people's experience with pancreatic cancer their family's experience with pancreatic cancer or losing a loved one or a friend um so it was definitely i i didn't know anything and um i didn't want to know anything i just wanted my dad and um that's that was my experience after losing him. I got involved with Pancreatic Cancer Action Network because that's all I really thought that I could do. And of course, there's nothing that can bring my dad back, which of course is the one thing that I want. Mm-hmm. But um, he, you know, he lost his life very quick to this disease. And many people who have their experience with this disease know that can happen very easily. Being involved with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, what has this been like for you? What has this meant for you? Oh, wow. I'm, I mean, of course, as I said before, the one thing I really, really want, and anyone who's lost a loved one can know, is to have my dad back. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's hard because you have to release that control because that's not something that's going to happen. But... Um, being able to meet so many people and share the song Hope's Alive with people. You know, my father was a musician. Music was always in my house. And um, being able to share that talent that he kind of passed down to my brother and myself is something that does keep him alive in my life. And um, it's just very nice to, to meet so many people who just, I met a couple yesterday, Chris and Fred <laughs> in Philly. And 
Fred is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer right now and still fighting. And, you know, his wife, Chris said, we listen to your song every day. And, you know, for me, someone who just wrote a song out of her own pain and, and longing to want something back, um, it's so beautiful to hear. It reminds me of my dad and reminds me that even though I can't have one thing, maybe we can find another in an end to this disease or at least some sort of, you know, advocacy to show people that early detection is key and um, talking about it as much as possible so that when somebody has a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, it doesn't mean it's terminal, or at least they know where to go with Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Let me ask you about this song, because I'm, I'm a bit fascinated um, by this and also by what you just said. Where did the inspiration in terms of the, the writing process for this come from? How did, the, how did it come about, in other words? Um, so one of my very good friends, who I, I used to live in L.A., now I currently live in New Jersey. Um, when I lived in LA, I was writing a lot. I was in writing sessions. And one of my good friends in LA was Liz Russo, who, um, if you go out to LA, many people know her. She's a hustler and is always writing. She called me at the end of last year and she said, my dad's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And the only person I know you know, anything about this disease is, is because of you, because you've lost your dad. And she's like, I don't want to lose my dad. And, um, she's like, we have to do something. And for us as you know, songwriters and singers and performers, it was like, uh, you know, what do we do? We, you know, they're, they're, it's not like we can find a cure. It's not like we're going to go into the labs. And she pitched this idea, let's write a song and, you know, everything that, we can raise from this song, from sales, from streaming, can go back to Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. And I was all in. She's that type of champion, and she's that type of person that you want to be on her team when she thinks of a, of an idea. And um, that was the end of last year. The beginning of this year, in January, I flew to L.A., and we had um, basically one week to write a song, record the song, and record a music video. And the what came after that was nothing that I expected of it was amazing. We wrote the song in an eight hour eight hour session, um, where we just knew that we had to have something by the end of it. Um, there was also Tova Litvin in the room who is also an amazing songwriter. Her mother actually um is I wanna say she's uh, five years pancreatic cancer free. And um, it was just an incredible experience to be in a room with three women who've had three different experiences uh, with pancreatic cancer and uh, to be able to find some sort of message that we all three understand, even from all of our perspectives. Um, and we went into the studio a couple of days later. And while we were in the studio, we also filmed the music video, which you can find on YouTube. Um, or my website, erinwillett.com. And um, yeah, we brought in Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, reached out to their network, and we brought in survivors and um, family who has lost uh, loved ones to pancreatic cancer, caregivers, 
and they helped record the song with us. So it was an experience like none other that I've had in the studio before. So it was very emotional. It was very fun. A lot of people were just very excited to get into the studio and be a part of this project, but then also have something that's touching them and their lives. And now when I'm touring the country, going to these Purple Strides, I get to see a lot of these people who are recording with us. So it's been, it was an incredible experience. Uh, One of very much reflection, um, pain, but also hope. Erin Willett is talking with us on our program on The Fan this Sunday morning. Uh, she's joining us by phone. We'll get into talking with Franco Jurisic, who is in studio with us as well. And take a pause in our discussion. I'll remind you that Purple Stride New Jersey takes place a week from today. We'll give you the uh, detailed information on that. There's a website for registration at purplestride.org. Uh, slash New Jersey, and that's New Jersey is spelled out, purplestride.org slash New Jersey. And we have more in our discussion this Sunday morning. Oh, I'll be listening. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in discussion with uh, Aaron Willett on our program. Uh, Aaron, as I mentioned, is an influencer of hope for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Also in studio with us uh, throughout the program this morning is Franco Jurisic. Uh, We'll get into talking a little bit about uh, Franco. We're talking about um, the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. At the beginning of our discussion today, I said that this month of November is uh, recognized as Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. The significance of that, and I guess the significance of Purple Stride. Now, Aaron, you mentioned the fact, you know, you're going to an event in Boston uh, today. You're at one in uh, Philadelphia. Um, What's the significance of of Purple Stride? Well, first of all, Purple Stride is one of the biggest fundraisers for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. And, um, you know, when you talk about a disease like pancreatic cancer, you need money. You need money to help patients and, um, you know, research and advocacy to find more information and, you know, information that can help change the outcome for these patients. Um, Beyond it being a fundraiser, it is one of the most inspiring events that I've ever witnessed anywhere I go. Um, Yesterday in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is one of the largest um, events throughout the country. It was you know, 7 a.m., you know, uh, the day before daylight savings time. So, of course, it's pitch dark outside. (laughs) And I have never seen so many people uh, in one place uh, for a pancreatic cancer event. It was incredible. Um, You know, to meet, you have survivors coming in. You have families who've lost loved ones. And it's just such a feeling. If, If anyone out there knows that that feeling when you meet somebody that has something very much in common with you as losing a loved one and specifically from a certain disease or from a certain event, you just connect. And to have some sort of event to, to bring all of us together, to not only console each other and share our stories and our hope, but also inspire each other 
that we're doing something about it. I think in this day and age, there's so many things going on in the world that you feel like it's out of your control. And especially something like pancreatic cancer, that when it comes to a diagnosis, at least from my experience and my family's experience and my father's experience, losing his life to pancreatic cancer, it is so much out of your control. Um, and there's only so many things you can control, you know, what doctor you choose or what path you take in your treatment. Um, knowing that we're doing something at a purple stride that is making a difference, whether it's raising money to be given to Pancreatic Cancer Action Network that helps patients. It's one of the only uh, organizations with pancreatic cancer that is, you know, giving back to patients and patient advocacy. And, um, you know, when you call into Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, if you ever have any experience with uh, a diagnosis or who to call or what to do, you always talk to the exact same person and they become that lifeline and that comfort. Um, and so small things like that make me feel like this organization is doing so much for people. That's not just finding a, a cure or, you know, some sort of treatment that is more effective. It's, it's that personal connection. And that's what the purple stride is to me. It's, it's that human connection of feeling like we're doing something good. We're changing someone's life. And usually that life is our own. Franco, would you like to uh, say hello to uh, Aaron, by the way? Yeah, good morning. Well, good morning, Bob, first off. Good morning. morning, Aaron. Uh, Hi, how are you? I'm well. Last time I saw you, I think I wasn't seeing you so well because I had so many tears in my eyes after you sang at our uh, leadership meeting in in August, so... Uh, But I'll see you soon at our Purple Stride, Aaron. Yes, next week. Yes, me too. Now, the event next week... On the 11th, is at the uh, Mac Cali Business Campus in uh, Parsippany in uh, northern New Jersey. Registration opens at uh, 7.30. The opening ceremonies start at uh, 9. The 5K run and walk begins at uh, 9.30. And, you know, that idea of um, run and walk, that's the sort of thing. People, people like events like that because... First of all, they can participate. Um, in a way, this is very much of a family event. Is that a good way of phrasing it? Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, that's kind of the beauty of the event is that it, it brings together people that have been impacted by the disease in different ways. You have survivors, you have caregivers. Um, most everyone there has had some, uh, some brush uh, with pancreatic cancer. Um, but it brings people together uh, regardless of their, whether they're walkers or runners or, or standers. Um, it gives them the opportunity to raise money um, to make a difference uh, towards, towards a disease that has negatively impacted their lives. So instead of just standing on the sidelines and hoping for something to happen or hoping for it to be different, it gives people uh, a place to come to and the opportunity to actually participate in the changing the course of the disease, um, giving hope to, to people that have it now, uh, hopefully avoiding uh, future instances uh, or, or making it possible for people to be diagnosed sooner, that type of thing. And so, you know, for people that have been impacted, and, and 
I can speak to this from a, from a couple of angles, um, being able to do something rather than just kind of, you know, Aaron mentioned the word control. You know, you can't control things when, you know, when you get a diagnosis or when someone you love gets a diagnosis, suddenly you're kind of off on this ride. Um, but an event like this allows you to kind of uh, make a difference going forward and, and kind of contribute to the trajectory of, of the history of this disease um, from now on. And that's important to people. That, that's kind of the opportunity that something like this uh, a Purple Stride event brings. What's the atmosphere like? Um, for the most part, celebratory. Um, you know, people are coming together. They're excited. You know, hopefully it's a, a, a nice day. Um, you know, along the lines of today would be perfect for next Sunday, please, God. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's mostly, mostly celebratory uh, in the sense of, again, people are feeling good because uh, they're able to do something. Um, they are, they're out there, they're getting together, you know, it's, it's, uh, you have teams of, of 40, 50 people, 80 people coming together, you know, so these are folks that maybe haven't seen each other for a while, um, but that are coming together on this morning to have fun, to walk, to reconnect, to support each other. Um, but then you also have, you know, as, as I walk around kind of the, the campus, um, you know, making sure everything's okay. You know, I, I see pockets of people that are, um, that are coming together maybe for the first time since, since their loved one passed or something like that. And, you know, they're obviously less celebratory. Mm -hmm. Um, they are there, they're supporting each other. They might be praying They're um, you know, they're in a different space, but even for those folks being around, you know, a bunch of other people that are maybe further along, um, maybe this is their second, third, seventh, eighth, ninth event. Um, it gives, it gives them hope, um, to see, uh, you know, for, for someone like me as a survivor, for me to, to come and year after year, be able to see, um, the same survivors and, and a larger group of people year after year is, you know, an incredibly wonderful, um, validating thing. You know, it just kind of points to, Hey, we're, we are doing something here. I see it because, you know, I'm seeing so-and-so, you know, for, for another year, and I'm seeing more survivors here. Uh, we all get up on stage at one point, um, probably when when Erin's singing, we'll be swaying behind her, you know. And it's a beautiful, just uh, it, it just so empowering. I guess is the word um, to just be up there uh, with with other people um, who are surviving, who are getting through this, um, and just kind of building hope. Aaron, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us on our program. I certainly um, wish you the best today up in uh, Boston with the event. And thank you also for um, sharing your story and your experience uh, with us, too. I think it's very inspiring. Thank you so much, Bob. And, Franco, I'll see you next Sunday. Yep. Take care, Aaron. <laughs> have a great day. You All too. Right. All right, Franco. Now, you have mentioned the fact of being a survivor. So let's tell, share your story with folks listening to us. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's interesting that today is Marathon Sunday because Marathon plays into my story a little bit. So in, um, in 2008, I was 42 years old, um, in good shape. I was actually training for the New York Marathon. It was uh, mid-October when I started noticing that something was off. It wasn't my first marathon, so I kind of knew what tr 
training meant and, and you know, kind of how my body reacts to, to that. Um, but I did notice that something was off. I was dragging a little bit. And the first kind of tangible physical thing that I, that I noticed was that my urine was darkening. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, having, having done it before, I thought, I, I'm pretty sure I'm hydrating enough. Um, so I, I went to the doctor, you know, they do a series of tests. And with each test, I was thinking, oh, thank God, you know, my, my liver's fine. I don't have hepatitis. My kidneys are fine. You know, and, and with each thing, it was like, oh, good. This is all good news. Um, until I got to a point of like, okay, so what's going on here? And what was left really was the likelihood that I had pancreatic cancer. And, um, and that obviously came as quite a shock. I was diagnosed. Um, it, I, I think the days work out um, perfectly, this being the 10th anniversary. I was diagnosed on a Friday. It was Halloween. Um, and I, uh, as I mentioned, I was 42. I had two-year-old twins at home. Oh. And I was going home. I went home that afternoon oh. uh, to trick-or-treat with them for the very first time. Mm. And it just so happens my dad was next to me as I was diagnosed, and that's kind of important uh, in the story for later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went home for the first time to trick-or-treat with my two-year-old twins, um, and I walked into the house. I walked upstairs to get the video camera, and I thought, you know, I burst into tears. I kind of collapsed on the bed and thought, why am I even, you know, why am I going to take a video of this? I'm, I'm never going to get to watch this video. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the, the first real, like, you know, kind of smack across the head, like, oh, golly. Um, uh, but uh, as, it, as it turned out, well, obviously, I didn't run the, the marathon that year. Um, I was blessed to be able to be, to be a candidate for the Whipple procedure, which is a huge, um, which makes a big difference. Uh, probably, I think, uh, uh, around uh, 70% of people that, uh, that survive the disease for, for a, a period of time, like, like myself, the, the folks that make up the uh, 9% survival rate, which is what, what the survival rate for pancreatic cancer is right now, 9%, uh, which is pretty terrible. Um, but most of those folks who are surviving for a longer period of time have gone through the Whipple procedure. That, that is what kind of, uh, you know, makes you, uh, makes you a candidate for long-term survivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, I was a candidate for the Whipple. Um, on December 1st, I, I had that uh, operation to remove the tumor, and then they reconnect everything, which is absolutely amazing that they can do that. Um, I had that surgery right here in New Brunswick, New Jersey, at the Cancer Inst- Institute of New Jersey. Um, and then I had six months of chemo and radiation, um, and that kind of uh, was the course of my treatment. So I, you know, thank God, I was incredibly blessed that the tumor was where it was, that it was pressing up against the bile ducts in the way that it was, so that I had symptoms um, that showed up as early as they did, so that they could still go in, get to the tumor remove it, and and I've been good since. Okay. We want to talk more with you about this. Um, another guest is going to join us as well as we continue in our discussion this morning. Uh, we're talking with Franco Jurisic. He is a, a survivor and is uh, sharing some thoughts on this topic of pancreatic cancer, the month of November, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, Purple Stride, New Jersey. Next Sunday, the Mac Cali Business Campus in Parsippany, purplestride.org slash New Jersey, and you can use the code PSRADIO, 
get 10% off your online registration. It's Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. On our program on Sunday mornings, we try to bring you interesting uh, discussions. And I'm pleased to say that we, um, this day, are again privileged to be talking about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. The month of November, The uh, one of the designations of the month is in the area of pancreatic cancer awareness more than 55,000 Americans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year, and it is an extremely tough disease to diagnose and treat. Um, the guests who are joining us on our program are sharing a number of different aspects of uh, this story. Next Sunday, the 11th, at the Mac Cali Business Campus in Parsippany in North Jersey, there is an event called Purple Stride, New Jersey. Registration opens at 7.30. Opening ceremonies begin at 9. The 5K run and walk begins at 9.30. If you want information or you'd like to register, go to purplestride, that's all as one word, .org, slash New Jersey. And New Jersey is spelled out. And you can use a discount code of PS Radio, PS Radio, for 10% off your online registration. In studio with us, Franco Jurisic, who is a survivor. He's um, shared some of his experience um, in talking about this topic of uh, pancreatic uh, cancer. And joining us on our program is a gentleman who we've spoken with a couple of times in the past, uh, Todd Cohen. is um, someone who has been volunteering with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network since 2007, he lost his father to pancreatic cancer in 2002, and he's the November Awareness Chair and Purple Light Chair of the New Jersey Affiliates of uh, PanCan. Todd, it's nice to have you join us on our program again. Good morning. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. And, and a special thank you to WFAN for being a, a gold media sponsor for our event. Our uh, privilege, definitely. I say in 2018... Purple Stride to you, what comes to mind? When I think of Purple Stride, it's been such a, a big part of my life. This is the ninth Purple Stride uh, that, that we've been involved with. Uh, this is really an opportunity for survivors, family, and friends to pay tribute to those who have been touched by this disease. When you go to this event, there is a sea of purple. It is amazing to see so many friends, um, so many family members, so many people that have been touched by this disease that are looking to change the course of this disease. You said 55,000 people are going to be diagnosed in this year. That number keeps going up. And, and soon, from thinking from a sports perspective, you could think of the entire MetLife Stadium filled with people diagnosed in one year, and, and that's not acceptable. We need to see something change, and Purple Stride is a terrific avenue to, to, to get that change started. I asked earlier, and Franco had talked a little bit about this, what the atmosphere is like at Purple Stride. How would you describe it? Well, for me, it's very hectic because, and Franco knows this, we're, you know, we're, we're helping to organize the event, making sure everything is in place. But I think it's a, it's a very positive event when you see the survivors standing on stage and, and each year there are more and more survivors franco is a symbol of hope and one of our hashtags you can see on on, um, on twitter on facebook is wage hope um, i think it's 
it's setting the course for the future and se- setting the course for uh, a successful outcome um, uh, for pancreatic cancer, and, and, and that's something we want to see. One of the things that gets people's attention is a number, Franco, that you mentioned earlier, talking about the survival rate, mm-hmm. okay, of 9%. What reaction, I'll put the question out to both of you, what reaction do you get when you share that figure with people when trying to promote awareness about pancreatic cancer? Uh, I, go, ahead, go, ahead, Todd. go ahead, Todd. Well, Good I was going to say, I'm, I'm a, I was a teacher, um, and you think about getting 9% of the test. It's completely unacceptable. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I think of it from a pancreatic cancer perspective. When my father was diagnosed back in 2001, right after, right around September 11th, um, the survival rate at that, that time was about 6%. It's climbed up, but it still hasn't gone up as, as well as we want it to go. Uh, we need early detection method. We need um, a cure for this disease. Uh, it's, just, it's just not acceptable to see that number still, still in existence. Yeah, for me, the, the number kind of, uh, I look at it from two perspectives. One is when I was diagnosed, the survival rate was 6%. And my thought was, well, I guess I need to be in that 6%. Like, how do I, how do I be in, in the 6% that are going to be around? Um, and I've been blessed to, to, you know, be in that 6%. And, you know, it's like you play, you pl- we all played Mega Millions and whatever, and you hope that you're the one that's going to, going to be the one um and you know and i was i'm in that that select group and and i feel honored but at the same time it's like it's ridiculous that 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 group is so select um and you know when you look at it there's a relationship between survival rate uh, a five-year survival rate and money spent on research and you know those two things are related and we've done a wonderful job uh, with many cancers, and we have not done a very good job with pancreatic cancer. And so that's why uh, we are involved with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. That's why we put on Purple Stride events. We invite people to come to raise money because, you know, ultimately it's getting people to research the disease, to, to crack this very tough nut. Uh, pancreatic cancer is, is the most difficult cancer uh, in terms of, of solving um, that we face right now, it uh, it's the third leading ca- cause of cancer deaths, trending towards the second, um, and so all of that, and the fact that for 40 years basically the survival rate was was the same, um, and for it to still be in the single digits, it's 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 terrible, and you know then when you think about it, it's like okay in in the future it cannot, you know this this number cannot stand so. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, uh, I was 42 when I was diagnosed, and the and the survival rate was six percent, and my twins were two. So, when in 40 years time, when they're 42 years old, the survival rate needs to be better. You know, um, that's just that's just you know my and all of our responsibility is to give people a, a, a fair a fair shot. And so, in order to do that, you know, we need early detection, we need better treatments, et cetera. Symptoms associated with pancreatic cancer, what are they? Well, um, some of the symptoms, they're, they're often very vague. They include abdominal or mid-back pain, unexplained weight loss, jaundice, 
loss of appetite, indigestion, uh, changes in stool, new onset diabetes. Uh, when I think back to my father's diagnosis, uh, he had some of these things, and we, we didn't know much about it. So uh, when he had jaundice, when he, when he had the new onset diabetes, uh, those were definite red flags. Um, he went for an initial biopsy, and then uh, nothing was found. When that second biopsy came out, we, we figured, hey, it's cancer. People eat cancer all the time. Um, but then we learned more about um, this disease, and it, it had metastasized to the liver at that point. So, um, you know, we recommend that if you have these types of, of diagnosis, if you have these types of symptoms, you, you go see a doctor ASAP, have yourself checked out, um, because you don't want to get too far along the line where there's no recourse. And, and you know, we, we, we as volunteers are hoping to change these outcomes. Yeah, if I could just add, the, um, the symptoms are or can be subtle, and they can also be things that are associated with, with other ailments. You know, I mean, to have back pain, that's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to, you know, set off the alarms for people or to have indigestion. Um, you know, in the case of my dad, uh, he, was, he, was, he went in uh, for a routine checkup, and that's how they found it. He basically had no symptoms, a uh, 76-year-old man. Uh, and he was gone seven weeks. He passed seven weeks after uh, being diagnosed. And so, you know, that just goes to show that the symptoms can be very subtle, um, you know, maybe barely there, um, and yet the disease is is working inside of you. Um, you know, unfortunately, the pancreas is this little-known, uh, small little organ that you don't think of that's tucked deep inside of you that that you don't give it a second thought until something's wrong. Um, And so it's very easy to overlook uh, any of these symptoms, um, which then also brings up the the need for an early detection system. You know, uh, there's mammograms, um, there's colonoscopies, there are things available uh, for different cancers. Um, For pancreatic cancer, we don't currently have any kind of test or early detection um, and that is something that we sorely need because um, that would save lots of lives. Who's most at risk or do we know? There, there is evidence that um, age, um, those who are smokers, those who might be overweight, those who have a family history of pancreatic cancer. Uh, from, from my perspective, my father was, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and I had a great aunt that also was diagnosed um, those that have had pancreatitis and diabetes are all uh, at an increase of risk for pancreatic cancer. So I think from my perspective, what can I do to, to, to help myself other than diet? Um, you know, you can't go for scans every year. Um, so you, you're hoping by raising money, by, by joining events like, like Purple Stride, um, by uh, reaching out to your local affiliate. I know there's one in New York City as well as New Jersey, um, and you can learn more about what you can do in, in November by going to pancan.org slash champions. Uh, there's a lot of different outreach efforts that you can do in your local area to, uh, to help change the course of this disease. And then the other question that naturally comes up in a discussion like this is, where is research taking us or... What level of research, I guess, even is there? It, um, for me, for someone that's 
been around the disease for 10 years, it really feels like we are on kind of the, the cusp of something here. Um, uh, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network um, supports research, gives out research grants every year. Um, some of those are, are kind of chasing down, you know, maybe more traditional uh, leads or something that's more straightforward. But then there, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is also um, funding, you know, maybe some more far-fetched things because you don't know kind of where the solution uh, may be found. Mm-hmm. And, and just since you're asking the question, I, I just want to kind of commend and thank all of the people that are involved in the research because this is a, a very difficult disease, maybe the toughest cancer. And so for anyone that goes into this, you're not going in for the glory or, or for the quick win on low-hanging fruit at all. Um, you know, and for Todd and I, we have met uh, these researchers who have devoted their lives to this, and, um, and it would be great uh, for us, and, and I believe we will soon come up with a, a cure for this disease. So. The Purple Stride New Jersey event next week, what's the expectation in terms of number of people participating, showing up? And obviously there's a fundraising desire with this. What's your goal? Well, we're hoping to bring 3,000 people to Parsippany. Uh, our goal is to raise uh, $545,000 uh, and we actually just passed the halfway point. Uh, the last week is so very critical. Uh, people tend to look at the weather. They want to see what the day is going to be like to run the 5K. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident we'll reach that goal. And, and obviously, um, by going to purplestride.org slash NJ, uh, you can register. The discount code is PSRADIO and you can get 10% off your online registration. That code is active until 11.59 p.m. uh, this Wednesday. So we urge people to come out and and have a great time at an amazing event. The one thing I would add, if I could, is that this is our our ninth year of uh, having a Purple Stride event, and over the course of of those nine years, we've raised collectively $2.5 million since 2010. So that is an absolutely phenomenal amount of money. Um, and when you think that there are 55 awareness events like this mm-hmm. uh, happening across the country, um, we really have the opportunity to make a difference here. This, this is, you know, this is real impact that ordinary people are able to make. So please come on Sunday. Excellent. Franco, you stay right where you are. Todd, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your insight too. Bob, you're a radio legend. I really appreciate you uh, allowing us on here today. Thank you again. Thank you. We will continue on our program this Sunday morning. WFAN, WFAN-FM, New York, a radio.com station. Oh, he likes to say that, I tell you. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. On our program on Sunday mornings, we try to provide you with some good information, hopefully a little bit of um, entertainment as we go along, because as they say, life is much too short not to have a good time. And I do on Sunday mornings. Speaking of a good time, after our 8 o'clock update, it is Rick Wolf who's along with the Sports Edge program. 
I'm glad to see he has not shown up here. He actually did remember to turn his clocks back an hour. Hopefully you did as well. We're on standard time. Daylight saving time ended officially at 2 this morning. And yes, I was here to witness it at that point. NFL preview happens at 7.30 in that fabulous Football Sunday program. Now there alone is a reason for you to have that radio.com app. With Malusis and Deal, that's along after our 9 o'clock update here on The Fan. We are in a discussion about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, talking about the topic of pancreatic cancer, the month of November, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. And a number of guests have joined us already on our program. Franco Jurisic is still in studio with us on our program. He is a survivor and is sharing some information uh, with us on our program. Uh, the Purple Stride New Jersey event takes place at the Mac Cali Business Campus in Parsippany. That's in Morris County in North Jersey. Uh, next Sunday, registration starting 7.30 in the morning, opening ceremonies beginning at 9, and 5K run and walk begins at 9.30 a.m. Uh, purplestride.org slash New Jersey, and you can use the discount code of PS Radio and get 10% off your online registration. Now, joining us at this point in our program is a guest who has also an interesting story to share with us, um, Franco. Uh, Lisa Eidelberg is joining us on our program. We're pleased to have um, you join us, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our show. A number of things that I want to get into in discussion, but let me start off Simply, I'm going to put the same question to you that I put to um, Todd earlier. I say purple stride. What comes to your mind? Hope, advocacy, and early detection. Ah, there's that phrase, early detection. She's been paying attention to things that uh, Franco has been sharing with us. Franco, would you like to say good morning? Good morning, Lisa. Good to hear Good your morning, voice, Franco. my friend. And you both know the meaning of this term, survivor. Lisa, would you share your story with us? Sure. So I was um, 54 years old, healthy, working a full-time job. Uh, very little notice at all. I was a little nauseated five days before and then on the fifth day I woke up yellow fully yellow I went to one hospital who dismissed me and wanted me to go home and see my surgeon uh, see my doctor the next day because they thought it was really just my gallbladder and two days later I was diagnosed with stage 2 pancreatic cancer but was fortunate enough to have the Whipple and then endured 10 months of chemo and radiation, but it came out of the blue and I have no family history. Hmm. What did you know about pancreatic cancer at the time you were diagnosed? Very little. The only thing I knew about pancreatic cancer at that time was that in my head, it was an old person's disease. And sadly, most people succumb to the disease very quickly. Mm. But what I learned is it's not necessarily an old person's disease. It's, there's a lot of young people being diagnosed 
And the significance of this month of November, which I've mentioned a number of times, one of the des- designations being Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. What does that really mean? You know, Bob, it also means to me what I said earlier, in that people don't think of this disease as it can happen to them, because I didn't, until it does, and until it happens to somebody in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. And it's about spreading the awareness, making sure we, we raise the awareness so we can one day find an early detection test. And it's also about making sure if you feel something, do something about it. No matter how small it is, get it checked. Because pancreatic cancer is a sneaky little one, and it can show up as a back pain, as a stomach pain, or just even like me, just a little nauseous. And Franco is sitting here nodding his head up and down. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because the, the symptoms are, are vague, it is very important, and, and this is why we thank you so much uh, to give us this platform. The idea of raising awareness is so important because symptoms are, are vague. You could easily blow them off. You could easily uh, think, gee, it's nothing. And in fact, uh, your doctor may tell you, go home, you just have some back pain, you know, uh, rest and come back to me in three months, which is a reasonable, you know, which is a reasonable response, possibly. But if you've got any of these other things going on, time is of the essence, actually. Um, and so, you know, we encourage people to kind of advocate for themselves um, if they have any of these symptoms, um, you know, of, of back pain or unexplained weight loss, jaundice, loss of appetite, indigestion, changes in stool, etc. Anything like this or any combination of these, you need to advocate for yourself. So, so awareness raising is important um, in that regard so that people uh, will, will respond and advocate for themselves. And further to Franco's point, Bob, is that I, I really, and, and Franco is a true testament to this, it's, it's not that old person's disease anymore. And, and it's also critical to raise awareness to the younger segment at this point. There doesn't have to be a family history. The disease is on the rise. We need to get that message out there. I've asked everybody who's been on the program before you what the atmosphere is like at Purple Stride, New Jersey. What's your response? For me, it is the biggest day of hope that I have experienced every single year. It is a day of thousands of people coming together to pray for that detection test, to honor those that we've lost, to battle for those who are still fighting. And it's just a day of hope. And the atmosphere there is, it's electric. I mean, I know that sounds so cliche, but it's electric. Everyone is banded together for the same one common ground, and that is to eradicate this disease. It's, 
it's just incredible. Everybody should come out and experience because at some point, someone, if not now, will be connected to pancreatic cancer, sadly. Mm. You know, what was shared earlier in talking about the survival rate and also exactly where this cancer is in terms of um, the, I guess, number of cancers um, occurring in this country, one would think that there should be more alarm, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. about the spread of this. Why isn't there? Um, well, we're alarmed. Um, certainly, I don't mean to insult yeah. either one of you. Okay. Yeah, we're alarmed. <laughs> uh, we're trying to, you know, kind of sound the alarm. Um, why isn't there? Um, for one thing, I think it's it's the organ that we're talking about, uh, the pancreas. Not not a particularly, you know, sexy or you don't think about your pancreas at all ever, um, and you shouldn't have to. <laughs> um, um, until something happens. And so, you know, uh, we get a crash course in, in our pancreas and the way our body works uh, when you have a diagnosis, you know, of yourself or, or in the family. Um, but otherwise, it's not, it's not something that's, that's thought of. That's one thing. The other thing is because it is such a deadly disease, because, uh, you know, 70% of people will succumb to the disease within a year of being diagnosed, there isn't a lot of people... Uh, left to advocate, you know, in terms of survivors. Um, and so that's why for, you know, and I'm sure Lisa would agree, for folks for folks like me and, and for Lisa, it's really important that we get out there and, and you know, kind of lead the charge um, of raising awareness and all that because there's not, there's not a lot of us. Um, and people, uh, caregivers and other people impacted by the disease, you know, um, Maybe are 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 tired from caregiving, are devastated by the loss, et cetera, et cetera, and so you know may not be out there as much. Um, so that that's why it's important for survivors to get out there, and that's why it's important for us to get on the radio and to raise awareness, and then to have events like Purple Stride where people can come together, regardless of of your experience of the disease. Um, you know whether you have a survivor in your midst or or your you know, mourning the loss of someone, um, all of us can come together and push this effort forward to double their survival rate, um, you know, to change the course of the disease moving forward. Mm -hmm. The other thing to, to further that, I mean, when you look at somebody like Franco, he is 91% of the people in his position pass away by this point. And there is something so wrong with that. I mean, he is a miracle sitting here talking to you. And we need to let people know, too, that 91% of people die of this disease after five years, or within the first five years, excuse me, but they don't get that kind of funding to research for this disease. Hmm. We'll talk more about this uh, topic. Our guests are from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. We'll also give you the Purple Stride New Jersey information as well. 7.30 this morning, it's the NFL Preview here on The Fan. Ooh, a radio.com station. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. 
on our program. Uh, we provide you with some good information after 8 o'clock. There'll be some more good information coming your way with Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge. NFL preview happens at 7.30. Football Sunday program with Malusis and Deal along after our 9 o'clock update on the fan and plenty of NFL action on WFAN today. We're in a discussion about the topic of pancreatic cancer. The month of November, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. In studio with us, Franco Jurisic, who's a survivor of pancreatic cancer. Lisa Eidelberg, also a survivor of pancreatic cancer, sharing with us in our discussion. She's joining us by phone. Um, there's an event that's taking place a week from today. We'll give you the contact information on that, Purple Stride, New Jersey. But I wanted to touch upon something that we haven't gotten to thus far in our discussion. You know, we focused a lot on... Purple Stride, New Jersey, when talking about Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. What are some of the other things that PanCan is involved in? Yeah, uh, Bob, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network not only uh, funds research grants uh, looking at early detection and uh, treatment and the mechanism of the disease, et cetera, that type of thing, Um, but uh, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network also offers clinical initiatives. So uh, we encourage people to, you know, if appropriate, if they qualify uh, to participate in clinical trials, because that's the way that we advance uh, kind of the treatment options, um, you know, trying different things, seeing how they work. And so clinical trials are appropriate for, for, uh, for many people that have been diagnosed. And so we encourage that and offer kind of uh, a way that people can navigate and figure out what is appropriate and working with their doctors, et cetera. Uh, we also offer patient services so uh, people can call up and they will be paired with someone that will uh, take down their particular information and, and respond, uh, you know, kind of suggest uh, options and give them information because uh, when you are diagnosed, you know, you go from zero to, to, to 60 in terms of learning about oh, something. Oh, I would imagine so, uh, yeah. Very quickly, your head spinning, you're in shock, um, you know, your whole life changed. And so having uh, a patient support person uh, at PanCan to kind of help, you know, navigate you through that early time is, uh, is very helpful. And then the other thing we do is advocacy, uh, which means actually going down to D.C. Um, we go down in June, five or 600 people all wearing purple, uh, we'll meet with every representative, every senator uh, on that day to advocate for more uh, government-funded uh, cancer research. And so that's something uh, that we do every year. We're very good at it. We're very successful. And again, it's uh, the dollars, um, you know, research dollars uh, we know are effective. And, and that's the way that we increase the survival rate. And so... Um, so advocacy is a, a, a very big thing. We have relationships with every elected official. Uh, you will see on, um, I trust that you will see, on November 15th, it's World Pancreatic Cancer Day. And so hopefully you will see uh, most, let's say at least many of your elected representatives wearing purple that day. You'll also see uh, newscasters and TV personalities wearing purple uh, on the 15th. And so all of that goes towards raising awareness um, so that we can double the survival rate by 2020, which is our goal. The event next Sunday, let's go through the particulars with that. This is at the Mac Cali Business Campus in Parsippany in uh, North Jersey. 
Franco, you want to do the honors? Sure. Um, yep, the event is next Sunday. Uh, hopefully we will have the lovely weather that we have today. Um, oh, it's nice. You know, I'm looking outside this, this sun out here. I'm getting completely distracted by this. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A wonderful day uh, to run 26.2 miles. Um, <laughs> God bless you all that are doing that. I uh, wish I was there with you. Um, kind of. The registration uh, for next Sunday's Purple Stride event, Purple Stride, New Jersey, registration opens at 7.30 a.m. The opening ceremony ceremonies are at 9, and then the 5K run walk begins at 9.30. We expect to have uh, about 3,000 participants. You can register or donate at purplestride.org backslash New Jersey, spelled out New Jersey. And uh, there's a discount code, which is PS, Purple Stride, Radio, PS Radio, for 10% off of your online t- registration, and that's uh, available through midnight on Sunday. So, I mean on uh, Wednesday, I'm sorry. Now, both of you have mentioned having the Whipple procedure. Lisa, what was that like? You know, it, it, it's very scary at first. You're really not processing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for me... And I think for most pancreatic cancer patients, it represented hope that they can actually get the tumor out of me and your survival rates go up if you are able to have the Whipple surgery. As far as the physical aspect of the surgery, yes, it's a tough surgery, but I would say most pancreatic cancer patients don't focus on the toughness of the surgery and focus, however, on the fact that they will be able to survive. They have, their odds have just gone up. Mm. A good and way that's of, what that was for me. Good way of looking at it. Lisa Eidelberg, who is a survivor, uh, Franco Jurisic, also a survivor, uh, talking with us this portion of our program on The Fan this morning. We're talking about the topic of pancreatic cancer and the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network next Sunday, November 11th, MacCalley Business Campus in Parsippany. As Franco mentioned, the uh, Purple Stride New Jersey event, Purple Stride, that's all as one word, dot O-R-G, slash New Jersey, and New Jersey spelled out. If you want 10% off the online registration, you can use a discount code of P-S Radio, P-S Radio, that's all as one word. And you can get that discount that way. Thank you both for uh, joining us, and thank you to the other guests who joined us uh, earlier in our program. We certainly hope for a very successful event next Sunday. Uh, thank you, Bob. Um, thank you, Bob. Yeah. Now, I can't guarantee the weather. I wish, <laughs> wish, wish I could say that, but I can't guarantee that. Let's hope it's as good as it looks right now. Hey, what a great day for a marathon, huh? Hmm. Sports Edge program with Rick Wolf follows our 8 o'clock update. Belusis and Deal, that football Sunday program. I love that show. It's long after our 9 o'clock update. And speaking of things I love, and I know you do too, it's that point on Sunday morning. Oh, you know who's coming up. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 